Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. And we're going to find out what we can do with that trust. Mark chapter 11. Does anybody know what today is other than the Sunday of Memorial Day? It's Willie's birthday, yeah. Willie's birthday. Um, anything else? Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, this is also the day, and it doesn't always line up, you know, with Memorial Day, but this is the day when, um, back in Acts chapter 2, as we were singing in, in Revive Us Again about fire coming down, well, this is the day the Holy Spirit came in and began to live in the life of every believer. And on that particular day, in a, in a large gathering place, um, the Holy Spirit came down and and had and had the form, uh, uh, the appearance of a of a of a fire over over their heads, and uh, and then the Holy Spirit came into their lives and changed the way things are. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us today. From that moment on, every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ receives the Holy Spirit to live in us, uh, to give us strength, to give us power. Uh, to give us understanding of his word, to give us encouragement, uh, to give us gifts that we can use in serving one another for the glory of God. So it's a great thing. And the Holy Spirit gives us understanding in his word. And so as we look at this this morning, as we see the, the, the life and words of the Lord Jesus in Mark 11, um, right after, remember, right after the triumphal entry as he came into the city, we, we referred to that moment also this morning as we were singing, because we said we would not be quiet. Do you remember what the Lord Jesus said as he, as he was coming into Jerusalem on, the, on, on, on Palm Sunday? As, as he was being rebuked for allowing people to praise him, he said, if they're quiet, the rocks will praise me. And we're saying we're not going to be quiet. We're going to join with those people that welcomed him in Jerusalem, and we do every time we get together. And so, Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 20. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Now, if you weren't here last week, you're wondering what fig tree he's talking about. He's talking about the fig tree that the day before, as he was going back into the city, this is then like the third day after Palm Sunday. He's going back into the city again. They came across the same fig tree that he had seen the day before, the day before and he was going to get some of the buds off of it to eat because it was leafy and it was time for that and there weren't any. And so he said, nobody's ever going to eat from this tree again. And that brought back memories to anybody who knew Micah chapter 7 brought back memories of the way God described Israel as being a fig tree that looked like it was fruitful, but it wasn't. And so the second day now they're coming by, there's the fig tree, and it's not lush and green anymore. In fact, it's completely withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, remember he's standing on the Mount of Olives, if anyone says to to this mountain, 
Go, throw yourself into the sea. And on a clear day from the Mount of Olives, you can see the Dead Sea. Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. And then also some of the manuscripts go on and say, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your sins. So do you have it? Have what? Do you have it? Do you have faith? Do you believe? Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat was facing a terrible moment as the leader of the southern kingdom. He was outnumbered, outmanned, outgunned. Not really guns, but you know what I'm talking about. Outammoed. And he believed. And he sought the Lord as Moses said Israel would do from time to time. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. The Lord answered. The prophet spoke, told him to go and not be afraid. And what style he went in. Do you love this story? Who led the troops into battle? The praise team. Unarmed, with anything but their voices, and they led Judah into battle. And when they got to the battlefield, all they saw were dead people. The battle was already done. The battle was already over. Jehoshaphat said it. The battle is yours, Lord. And it was. And they were defeated. All they had to do, and we didn't read this part of the story because it was kind of long. I didn't want to go the whole, the whole way. But you, you might want to go back and look at it. All they had to do, their job, was to go and pick up the spoils. And there were a lot of them. It took them three days to do it. Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had faith that day. And just as the Lord Jesus was, was announcing to his disciples again, he said, have faith. Don't be surprised that what I said to that fig tree happened. Of course it happened. I said it. Remember who I am and remember who Mark is showing us Jesus is through the stories that he tells. He's the son of God. Of course the fig tree is going to be withered. I said it wasn't going to give Food, food to anybody again. And now here's proof that it's not. And that also points to what he was talking about originally, remember, about the fig tree. Judgment is going to come on Israel. Just as this fig tree is withered, Israel is going to be destroyed unless they turn to me. 
And we know from the Gospel of John, where it says again in chapter 1, though he came into his own, his own did not receive him. So they didn't do it. And judgment did come on them. Just like Jesus said. But Jesus also then uses this occurrence to remind his apostles that they have power in prayer if they believe. And we can be reminded of that same thing this morning. Do we pray believing that God is going to do what we ask? Does he always do exactly what we ask? In the way that we ask it? In the timing that we ask for it? No. Now some people take this verse and other parallels to it in the gospel and say, well, then you don't have enough faith. I I remember this statement tore up my childhood church. Because one of the prominent leaders of the church got cancer. And her kids were, were attending a Bible study at a place called the Glory Barn. And um, they found out there that all they had to do was have enough faith and their mom was going to get better. And then when her mom di- their mom died, they said her dad, their dad didn't have enough faith and our church didn't have enough faith or she would have lived. And that was an upsetting circumstance and situation in that church rocked it but didn't kill it but it was it was hard on that church who was right was the glory barn teaching right about that 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 if you have enough faith because that's the only part of this teaching that jesus gives in this particular occasion but remember jesus taught a lot of things about prayer This isn't the only thing. And so we have to look at this promise, at this statement, at this encouragement to pray boldly in light of all the things that he teaches about prayer. And remember that one of the most important, and we hear this in the Lord's Prayer, is your will be done. Later on this very week, in John chapter 15, he's going to tell his disciples, When you ask anything in my name according to my will, it will be done for you. John says it again in 1 John chapter 5. If we ask anything in his name according to his will, it will be done for us. And that's why we pray. When we pray, Lord, your will be done. Jesus himself prayed that prayer. Do you remember that? Again, later on this very week, when he was in the garden and it was all about ready to happen, he knew what was coming. Remember, he set this up. This is part of the plan that he had put together, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They put this plan together, the three-in-one God, Almighty God. The plan was allow people to sin and I'll provide a savior my one and only son and that one and only son that savior 
was coming to grips with that in the garden the night of his arrest. And he's realizing, you know, he's, he's experienced, he knew all the things that he was going to experience, but he's experiencing all the joy and sorrow of life in, in the human body. And he knew he was about to have all the sins of the world, all of our sins, that would have been enough for it to be terrible. But all the sins of the world were going to be put on him. And he said, Father, if there's a way for this cup to pass from me, I say, let's do it. But not my will. Yours be done. And his will was done. He went to the cross. First he was arrested that night. Then he was then he was put on trial. He was convicted. Then he carried his cross most of the way. Then was helped where he laid down his life for us. Not his will, the will of the Father. Not his will as as a human savior, because remember, he's fully God, fully man. Not his will as a, as a man with, with real nailable flesh, will of God be done and it was and we're here today because of that it was a powerful thing that the father allowed the son to go through we we keep a remembrance of it up here so we never forget about it it was a powerful thing that took place on that cross and there were people his his disciples were praying save him save him well he was saved. Prove that three days later. On the third day, he rose again. And from that time on, his apostles did what Jesus told them to do on this day when they saw the fig tree withered. They prayed. They prayed with power. Sometimes when they prayed, God did it just the way they prayed it. Because that was exactly what his will was. Sometimes he communicated his, his will to them very directly. Other times they weren't sure, but they prayed, even not knowing exactly what God was going to do. For example, do you remember in Acts chapter 12, when, when Herod started persecuting the church again, he, he went through different phases and started persecuting the church again, he had James and Peter arrested. Again, they'd been arrested a lot. And we see that first he had Peter, or he had James, the brother of John, one of the sons of Zebedee, one of the guys that we've been reading about who wanted to sit at the right or the left of Jesus. That James, real guy, real family, he had him beheaded. Then the next week, he was going to behead Peter. Because he you know, saw that the leaders of the Jews liked that. But in Peter's case, there was an earthquake. Such an unusual earthquake. And again, you can read about this in Acts chapter 12. Such an unusual earthquake that Peter's um, shackles were 
was shaken off, and the door was opened so that he could leave. The whole place didn't crumble or anything like that. It just worked out so that he could leave, and he did. And he goes out, and he goes back to where he knew the church would be praying. Because remember, if you have faith, you pray, and they had faith, and they were praying. And as they were, as they were praying, Peter knocked on the door. The servant came, thought it was Peter's ghost, because even though she knew the church was praying, she also knew that James had just been killed, and so Peter was sure to follow. And so she thought, well, maybe it's his ghost. And so she closed the door, and she went and told somebody, there's some out there that looks like Peter. They said, well, let him in. They let him in. And it was really Peter. What's going on here? That same group of people, probably, with few exceptions, over the course of days, you know, changes a little bit. Every Sunday, we're pretty much the same, but we're always a little different. But they probably, it doesn't tell us directly in, in Acts 12, but they probably prayed for James' release, And he was released. He was released to glory. Is that an answer to that prayer? I think it is. It's a powerful answer to that prayer. And as far as James is concerned, a great relief in answer to prayer. Because now James didn't have to go through all the stuff that the rest of those apostles were going to have to go through. Including Peter. Because remember, Jesus had already told Peter that when he was younger, he dressed himself and went where he wanted to go. But when he's older, somebody else is going to dress him and lead him to where he does not want to go, which he was talking about Peter being killed for his faith. Well, Peter was probably thinking, well, it's probably going to happen now because James just went, I'm probably next. But no. This time, God took the prayers of that group of people according to his will, and had Peter miraculously rescued in the flesh from that prison so he could continue on his ministry, and then he would die at the hand of his persecutors later. But he was given many more years of fruitful service. That's the way this is. This is a very, a very special day for me, a very emotional day. Because as somebody mentioned, it's Willie's birthday. You're my oldest son. And um, 36 years ago today, he was born, and he was just a really little guy. Three pounds, six or nine, something like that. When he was about two pounds, 14, you know, because they, they lose a little bit first, he looked like this. That's a little guy. And about that day, about that time when that picture was taken, the doctor said, it's not looking good. Now, I think they said that because they had already surmised that I was the kind of guy that not only looked at the glass half full, I looked at it as fully full and overflowing. I, I wasn't phased by any of the things they were telling me. I was just saying, how, you know, I was just asking about what's going to happen next, and I, you know, just assuming it's going to keep going good, going good, going good. And the doctor finally said, look, it doesn't always go good, and he's had a bad night, and, and you know, b- b- prepare yourself. 
Well, Sherry was still ill, so she was at home in bed. I go and tell her that. That wasn't great. And we prayed. Because we believe. We have faith. We believe. And then I went downstairs. I said, Lord, I know you love him more than I do. I believe that with all my heart. I really believe that God loves him more than I do. But I still don't see how. Because I love him a lot. And I said, if you want to take him now, I'm not going to be mad. But I would really love to raise him. And that was that. Now I'm getting to watch him raise his kids. Amazing. Amazing. Praise God. And then Rebecca had her little baby. We prayed with faith. He got to go home. And that is also a powerful answer to prayer. An answer to prayer that God knew by his great knowledge and will needed to happen for all involved. Because that's who God is working with, all involved. He knew William needed to have some more years, at least 36. We don't know about any more. But at least 36, we know that today. But he also knew that Turner was also going to have a great impact with just two days of life under his belt. And he is, and he does. Because like Abel, who, you know, the first murder victim in the Bible, in the first family, shows you how we are really born in sin, folks. This is not an environmental problem. This is an internal problem that we're born with. Abel, killed by his own brother, Hebrews chapter 11, says even though he's dead, he still speaks. Still having a ministry, still having a testimony. We're talking about him today. The same thing with little Turner. He's not going to have the same impact that Abel had. But his two days are still going to have an impact for the glory of God. And Turner's not missing, oh, he's missing a great worship service this morning, but I'm telling you, he's in a better one. Seriously, he is, you know, and, and we, we have to remember that. But God wants us to pray by faith, believing that what we're asking for, he is going to give, but we remember to do it according to his will. That's why he says in Romans chapter 8 and tells us about the ministry, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, who we celebrate today. On, on Pentecost, and that was the Feast of Weeks. That's where all the Israelites were together in Jerusalem celebrating the, the harvest, and that's when the Holy Spirit came on the believers. We celebrate that today, recognizing that one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, according to Romans eight twenty six, is that he prays for us, he intercedes for us, he takes our prayers and converts them into the will of God so that our prayers will be answered. We have that confidence. And so some people say, well, if that's going on all that stuff, why do we pray if he's doing all that for us? Because he wants us to. Because that's the plan that he put together that all of us would be a part of this. 
that we would come to him by faith, believing that he exists, believing that he has saved us by his son, believing that the Holy Spirit has come into us, believing that he will answer our prayers. He wants us to do it, to testify to his greatness and to his glory. Even when we don't know his will, he will accomplish his will through our prayers. And so we pray with confidence. We pray boldly. We make our requests known to him as we're told in Philippians chapter 4. Trusting that he, by the power of his spirit, will take our prayers even when we don't know how to pray. When we don't know the answer. Jehoshaphat had a very clear answer. God spoke to the prophet. He knew what exactly what he was supposed to do, and he did it, and God did it just that way. But so many times we don't have the absolute answer to what his will is, but we pray by faith, believing that God will take our prayers, and he will accomplish his will, and we will see him do great things. Every single time. And so... We ask ourselves this morning, do we have the faith to pray? Apparently, God, up to to this point today, has never wanted the Mount of Olives to go into the Dead Sea. That might happen before things are over. But these disciples, these apostles, they prayed. Sometimes the answers were, were great demonstrative victories. Other times they were, they were days of, of horror and suffering. But God answered their prayers and God used them. And we're here today because of their ministry those many years ago. Because of their prayer lives. Because of their faith. And we continue on in the same tradition by the same power of the same God living in us by his Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. And don't forget. Don't hold grudges and mess this up. Don't don't shut off your ability to, to pray by judging somebody and holding back forgiveness from them. Forgive them. Let that go. Because when we pray, we should be thinking about how we've been forgiven. That's why we get to pray. He's broken down the barrier of sin for us. He's forgiven us. And so as we pray, recognizing our forgiveness and the power that we have in Christ, we also forgive others who sin against us. And that happens a lot. That even happens within families. That even happens within wonderful local churches like this. And so don't forget about that. Keep your relationship with him right. Keep your relationship with each other right. And pray by faith. And God will do it. And remember that it is his will. Praise his name. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning. On this Memorial Day weekend when we thank you for the sacrificial offerings of life that so many soldiers have made in our history that you've used to enable us to do this today. 
also thankful for the remembrance of the Holy Spirit coming into your church, into the body of Christ that day of Pentecost so many years ago. And we thank you that he's still living in the lives of believers. He's still praying for us. He's still accomplishing great things in our lives and for your glory. Father, we thank you for the apostles and for the way that Jesus taught them and how it was captured for us by their writing and by the writing of their servants and colleagues. We're so thankful for this this great story on the power of faith in you. And so, Father, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would grow our faith as we grow in our knowledge of your word. And, Father, there are some here this morning or watching online who need to begin their faith life with you now. They need to turn away from everything else that they've been trying to do to please you and everything else that they've been doing to try to please themselves, to turn away from their sins and say, yes, Jesus, I need you. And I'm trusting you. I believe that you did live a perfect life. I believe you did die on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again to give life to everybody who believes by sending your Holy Spirit to live in us. Father, do that for me today. We ask, Father, that you would help anyone here today who hasn't done that to pray today to believe in Jesus. Father, for the rest of us, grow our faith. Help us to demonstrate it by the way we pray. Not just about the big things, but about the little things too, because you are Lord of all. We praise you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen.